You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Well, you've probably heard your share of home improvement horror stories, shoddy work, missed deadlines, cost overruns, and no-show home improvement contractors. And maybe you've already lived through that contractor hell, but you don't need to. Reference checking is the ball game. Read our 10 questions to ask a contractor's previous customers when you hit moneypit.com. Just click on ideas and tips, then click repair and improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair question, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. Boards and shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Making good homes better. It's home repair because we care. About you, what are you working on? What are you doing? Call us right now with your home improvement question. Call us with your do-it-yourself dilemma. Call us with that one project that's really bugging you. I guess what Tom's just saying is just call us. Just call us. <laughs> 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. We've got a great show in store for you. Let's start by talking about your laundry appliances. Is your clothes dryer more than a few years old? If so, you might have a plastic exhaust pipe, which actually could be very dangerous. We're going to tell you what you should do about that in this hour of the program. And also ahead this hour, your stove's vent hood. It's been with you as long as you've had it. How many times have you addressed cleaning it and really thought about it? We're going to tell you exactly how often and why you need to keep it clean. Also, how about this? Have you ever heard of an ice dam? They actually do exist. This is the prime season for ice dams. It's a potentially serious problem. It could cause tens of thousands of dollars of damage to your roof. It could let the water pour right in. We're going to tell you how to recognize an ice dam and what to do about it in just a bit. And we've got a great prize to give away this hour. We're going to be giving away the Ryobi 7.2-volt drill. It's worth about 30 bucks. It can help you tackle just about any home improvement project around the house. So make sure you call in and get your name into that hard hat. You just might win. one 888 Leslie, who's first? Marilyn in Illinois. You're up on the Money Pit. What can we do for you? We built our home about 30 years ago, and for the first 24 years, we had a 180-acre farm in our backyard. We didn't own it, but as soon as Farmer died, um, they started construction, putting utilities in, and now we have a bunch of very beautiful, expensive homes behind us. And for that 24 years, we didn't have a crack, a settling. Our home was perfect. Well, after uh, the construction went in, uh, we noticed some, oh, regular cracks in the seams and... Um, now we've noticed for the last couple years, every once in a while, uh, a little bit of seepage comes from the wall that's uh, from the basement wall that is to the backyard. Okay. And it's not every time it rains, 
But sometimes when it's a heavy downpour, right. there's a little trickle that goes to the sewer, and um, I don't know if it's something we could repair ourselves or do we have to have professionals do it. And we're thinking of possibly uh, moving next year, so we want to know what to do about this. You want to find a house with another couple hundred acres behind it, right? Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? We are in <laughs> shock. It's it, we're having a hard time. We hear it. We feel your pain. But I will tell you that the um, that the Brandon development is probably not responsible for the, the leak that you're now seeing. It's probably a drainage issue that's just uh, snuck up on you. The areas that you want to look at, uh, Leslie, I would see the gutters and the grating. Yeah, it could even be just that over time as the earth settles around the house, it's just changed the way the grating is and now maybe something sloping toward that wall. It's really not a big issue. What you want to do is you want to check your gutters, make sure that you have gutters, make sure they're clean, make sure that the downspouts are clean. You know, every so often snake out those downspouts because oh, debris... My husband does that all the time. Good, because debris gets stuck in them. Then you want to look at where those downspouts are depositing that water. Sometimes those downspouts are right up against your foundation, which could put that water directly against that wall. You want to make sure that the grading outside, you want to make sure all of the ground slopes away from the house. You want to go down about six inches over four to six feet. So it's not drastic, but it does get that water moving away. And the type of soil that you use is also important. If you have a lot of topsoil or a lot of mulch, that's going to hold water against your house. The key here, uh, Marilyn, is that you tell us it's, it happens after heavy, heavy rain, and that's always a drainage Which issue. Which would be a drainage issue. You just got to get to the bottom of it. I mean, that's proof positive that something is not quite right with your drainage. You just got to get to the bottom of where, where it's going wrong. Oh, that sounds so much easier, simpler. Yes, it's very simple. Okay, Marilyn? Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit 888-666-3974. Hi, William. Tell us about what's going on at your house. How can we help? Well, the moss is growing on my uh, shingles, and I would like to know how can I treat it to stop that. All right. Well, we can help you with that. There's a couple of things that you're going to want to do. First of all, the reason the moss is growing on your roof shingles is because probably it's a shady area. And so anything you can do to add additional light to that area. If you by can trim back, back any trees, just open it up so you get some more light on there because sunlight will help dry it up and kill it. The second thing that you're going to want to do is wash the roof. There are different roof cleaners out there. One that, that works very well is called Jomax, J-O-M-A-X, available at home centers across the country. You mix it with bleach. You uh, apply it to the roof and let it sit for 15 or 20 minutes and then scrub it off. You have to use it very, very carefully because if you're going to be working on that roof, it's going to be very slippery. If you're uncomfortable, don't do it yourself. And then once it's clean, then you could use a little trick of the trade that Leslie and I like to talk about to stop that moss from coming back. Yeah, you can install a nickel or a copper um, ridge vent, which would go on the ridge of your roof. And then as it rains, as the rain hits the metal, the metal releases something, which you'll notice you'll see clean streaks washing down your roof, which is going to get rid of any moss or mold or mildew growing up there. And you'll see it'll just help to continually keep it clean. So it's something that once you get it done, you don't ever have to look at it again because it will be doing it on its own. William, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Something's bubbling in Tennessee, and it's at Linda's house. What can we do for you? Hi. I have a bathtub and a toilet that sit sort of close to each other. And when I drain the bathtub, the toilet bubbles up, and then the water drains out of the toilet almost all the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, the reason that's happening, Linda, is because there's a venting issue. Um, the toilet is probably not vented properly or the bathtub is not vented properly. So what you're seeing is um, uh, an imbalance of pressure in the drain lines. 
and it's kind of sucking or drawing down the toilet as it tries to find air to replace all of the air that's being pulled out by the action of the drain. So you need to to have a plumber evaluate where the drain pipes are, I mean, where the vent pipes are running, and you may need to add an additional one somewhere to let more air into that system so that doesn't happen. That's a, a fairly common condition in a house that doesn't, it's not vented correctly. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, Linda. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Out in Oregon, you can find the Money Pit on KBNP like Carla does. How can we help you? Well, um, I just had a house built, and the builder never asked how I wanted my laundry drain done, and he believes that uh, when they go into the wall, you can have lots of problems. So he has the laundry drain into the laundry sink. I want it the other way, and I was wondering if he's responsible for that. He's got the, uh, the, the drain for the washing machine going into the laundry sink? Yes. That's poor form. Now, you don't you do that. I mean, I see people do that as an afterthought, but that's not the right way to do that. It should have its own drain and it should have its own vent. I agree. <laughs> but is he, you know, is there is that like not up to code and can I like sue him for it or not worth the expense or the trouble and if it's 2 years have passed, it's out of warranty too. Well, no, it just was it just was built the 29th. Oh, it was just built? Oh, and do you have a homeowner's warranty on it? I do. Well, I, I would do a couple of things. First of all, I, have you complained to the builder yet? Yes, we have. Secondly, I would write to the warranty company and complain to them. And thirdly, I would drop in to visit my local friendly neighborhood code enforcement official. Okay. And say, I don't know from nothing, but take a look at this. I don't think it's done correctly. Um, is it is it uh, a violation of the code in, uh, in the uh, Oregon district that you're in? And just okay. take a take a picture and bring it in and and have them take a look and and you want to probably talk to the code inspector or the plumbing inspector, but it's very poor form if nothing else. It's very poor workmanship. Carla, go get them. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. What kind of builder is it that doesn't like to? Uh, put pipes in a wall. I mean, what's up with that? A lazy one? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you've got some New Year's resolutions. We're going to help you keep them. Maybe it's to redo that kitchen. Maybe it's to fix that squeaky door. But whatever it is, we've got an answer for you. So call us right now at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Hey, do you have a dryer that's more than a few years old? Well, chances are it has a plastic exhaust pipe. While plastic is great for most things around the house, it's not a good thing to have when it comes to venting your dryer. It could be very dangerous. It causes lots of dryer fires. Find out what to do about it next. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools lets you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. I want to keep my home for as long as I can because there are a lot of memories here. I read a little bit about making my house more comfortable and wanted to make my mom's house safer, too. AARP told me about making mom's bedroom door wider and taping down her floor rugs. And I added handrails to our staircases. It was all simple and inexpensive thanks to AARP's tips. Now our homes fit our lifestyles and are ready for years to come. 
To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash universal home. Mold is in your house. Chances are it's breeding behind your walls. In fact, it's been estimated that 70% of all homes could have mold in their wall cavities, particularly when moisture is present. Fortunately, there's an ingenious new way to fight the problem. You see, until now, drywall had paper on both sides, and mold eats paper, which is why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper-faced drywall, Dens Armor has glass mat facings on both sides, and no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you are building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. For the home improvement enthusiast who has everything except the power to turn back time, here's a gift that will restore used tools to their former glory. The Drill Doctor 350X restores drill bits to factory sharp condition in less than a minute. The Black & Decker Handy Saw helps save precious time and effort. Think of it as grab-and-go cutting. It's lightweight and makes quick cuts into wood and metal. Because it's cordless, you can take it anywhere, even prune tree branches. Tom Kreitler, AOL Home Improvement Editor for Real Estate, says that tools might be a great go-to gift this season. For the home improvement enthusiasts in your life, nothing beats tools as a holiday gift. And the best part is that there's a tool or gadget for just about every budget. For more on practical gift ideas for any level of home improver, visit MoneyPit.com. I'm John Dridden. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories, with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. It's where work and fun meet. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we think that homework is fun. The kind of homework that we do, that is. I'm Tom Greitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. As long as it's not math or science, as long as it's home improvement and fun, I love homework. All right, here's something you should do. Go to your laundry room, take the radio with you so you can know exactly what to look for. And if you've got an older dryer, you know, may, you know maybe people have boom boxes still. They should bring it with them or just crank it up so you hear what we're talking about. All right, older dryers. Typically, they're going to use a plastic exhaust hose. This is the hose that's going to go from the dryer to the wall, to the vent itself. And we know now that this is a really dangerous practice because that plastic pipe can actually cause some serious fire hazards. Check yours now. If it's white and plastic, replace it immediately with a flexible metal vent. You and your home will be so happy. And while you're at it, check around the house for other danger zones. We're going to tell you about the top three hidden fire hazards that could be lurking in your home in the next edition of the Money Pit e-newsletter. It's free. It comes to your email inbox every single Friday morning. There's over 50,000 subscribers. So why don't you join in and find out what everybody else already knows. There's lots of great free information in the Money Pit e-newsletter every single week. And guess what? There's not even any advertisements. So it's all just great information that we provide just for you. So sign up today at moneypit.com. 
And another thing that we like to do that's free is to give away prizes to our callers who ask their questions on air. One of those lucky callers not only gets a fantastic answer and their home improvement dilemma solved, but they could win a great prize. It's the Ryobi 7.2 volt cordless drill. It's got a new design. It's comfortable. It's powerful. And it's compact. It's even got a center handle with a super powerful grip over mold. It's going to give you good balance and it's going to feel great while you're using it. Call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. It's worth thirty bucks, but it could be yours free if we pick your name out of the Money Pit hard hat. Leslie, who's next? Roofing, one of the top ten calls we get here at the Money Pit, and Jesse from Connecticut is no different. How can we help? Well, we have a question about trying to put covers over our gutters. Okay. Or some type of uh, a covering so that we don't get we're senior citizens getting up there and we try to maintain our home and don't like him getting on the ladder. Uh, we have an older home. It was built in um, 1907, and it's it's what you call a gambrel roof with a slant, and then it comes straight down. Sure. And I'm kind of afraid that if we put those new kind of gutters, that the water would just come streaming down that straight away. And bounce off? Right, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And we tried to put little screens on there. Well, the birds got in underneath it and thought it was wonderful. <laughs> and then the squirrels lifted over the screen and thought that was a wonderful spot to build a nest. And so he was up on the ladder more that year than anything. Well, and with the screens, it sort of, you know, macerates the leaves and, you know, causes even more of a buildup in the gutters. So they're not always the best choice for those covers. No. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's look at the overview of, of, of options. Um First of all, you talked about screens, and, and as Leslie said, not always a great idea because the stuff gets in there. Um, you talk about the different types of gutter covers. Well, most of those gutter covers work on the principle of surface tension, where the water sort of hugs the top of the cutter of the of the cover and then sort of falls in slots or falls, falls around an edge and goes into the gutter. The one And they work great with your average roof. The time that they don't work great is when you have a lot of force behind the water. So in the type of roof that you have, which has a little bit of, sh of, of shape on top and then a very vertical surface, almost a 45 degree surface for that second bend in the roof. I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't think that those types of gutter covers are going to work for you because I think the water is going to hit them and, and it is going to bounce off and I don't think you're going to be happy. Um, basically, those are the two options that you have to consider in terms of gutter covers. Another option, though, which would create a gutter that would not clog nearly as much would be simply to increase the size of the gutters. Most homes have 4-inch K-style gutters on them, which is the standard. What you might want to do is convert that to a 6-inch gutter, or if you don't want to convert the gutter to a deeper gutter, what you could do is you could pull out the 4-inch pipes and replace them with 6-inch pipes. Basically, that's going to be a much wider hole for the water and the debris to fall down. And those, the gutters that have those very wide downspouts, they tend to clog a lot less than the ones that just have the standard downspouts because by the time you poke the hole through the top of the gutter, Leslie, you end up with just a tiny little, maybe a two-inch-by-two-inch two two inch hole. And that's why they clog so frequently. But if you have a, a much wider hole in the bottom of that gutter. You're going to get a, things moving through much more exactly, efficiently. Exactly. So in this particular situation, that's something that you might want to consider doing. But I do agree with you that if you go through the expense of the gutter cover type, right. then it, it is it could potentially be an issue because the water is going to have so much force because of the vertical roof that's sort of dropping into it. That's what I wondered about. And rather than go into it, and, and they sometimes like to tell you that it'll work great, and then 
get it up there and not do so well. I Well, we appreciate you calling us, Jesse. Because, I thank you so much. Uh, that's the kind of advice that we can give you. We're not here to sell you gutter covers, but if I, like I say, for, for many people, they work great. I've used them on my house. I've put them actually in my dad's house for the same reason. But that was like a 312 or a 412 roof. What you have is a 1212 or more roof, which means it's a very steep pitch. Jesse, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Jerry in California's got a tiling project, and how can we help? Uh, yes, I would like to know if I can possibly tile over Formica vanity tops in two bathrooms. Well, what's the condition of the Formica? Is it all in good shape? Do you have it's a lot all of all in very good shape. Well, I think as long as you, the only problem is because the Formica is such a smooth surface, you might find that the adhesive or the mastic, whatever you're using to adhere the tile, might slip a little bit. So what you want to do is take sanding, you know, a, a, a gritty sandpaper and sand and scratch up that surface just so you're giving it a little bit more texture for your adhesive to stick to. And then you can go right ahead and tile right over it. Good. Yeah, no, it's a great solid base. Now, once you tile over it, you want to be careful about the grout that you put in there. You might want to think about using an epoxy grout, or if you use a uh, sand grout, then what you're going to have to do is seal it. You can use a silicone sealer on that, okay? All right. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome, Jerry. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Making Illinois, you're on the Money Pit. What can we do for you? Uh, it regards painting a wooden porch and the steps. Um, last time I did it, when winter came, it turned out to be terribly slippery, you know, whenever the weather turned bad. And I'd like to avoid that. If there's anything you know that would be like a better kind of a paint or something that you would add to it. Uh, Leslie, isn't there a sand, um, like a texture that you could add to paint? Yeah, you can actually add a textural sand. It's usually right in the painting aisle with it. Mix that into your paint, put that on, and you've got an instant sort of grip and grit to it. You still see the beautiful painted surface. It does have a little bit of texture, but it's going to keep you from slipping and sliding. How long ago did you paint? Uh, last time I did it was two winters ago, uh, two summers ago. Are you seeing things sort of blistering and peeling off, or is it in pretty good condition? Well, no, it's starting to blister, and so that's what I was looking for. I was going to let it go this winter, and then I was going to, when the springtime came, I was going to take care of that. So for next year, you know, I wouldn't have that problem. It's not bad now because, you know, over the last couple of years, it's been worn down some. But, you know, when it was fresh for that first year, it was really, you know, like you take a step out the well, door it's, and you know, it's still, weather is still, uh, you know, as long as it's not freezing, you can still paint. So if you do want to do it now, but I would just add the sand to that. And it's called textured sand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can find it right in the painting aisle. The only thing is when you paint in the springtime, make sure you choose a really dry period because you're dealing with a lot of moisture in the ground from the winter. You're dealing with a lot of moisture in the air from the rains that are going to come with the springtime. And you want to make sure that that wood is dried out very well. You want to strip down that old paint, get it to a good surface, let it dry, and then put your paint on top of it. Yeah, and I would recommend oil-based paint for steps. Because oil-based, and the reason I say it is because as good as latex is, it doesn't have the abrasion resistance. And especially when you add the sand to it. It's just going to be scratching at it. Yeah, exactly. So I would I would use oil-based paint, and I'd add the sand to it. I feel safer already. All right. Thanks Thank so much for much. calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. So you love your stove, and you love cooking, and you love using it and feeding your family nice, healthy food, but your stove's vent hood, it probably doesn't get that much attention. Well, we're going to teach you how to show your appreciation by keeping it in tip-top shape. We're going to tell you how next. You live in a money pit! This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Dense Armor Plus, the revolutionary paperless drywall from Georgia Pacific. 
If your place has green shag and pink walls, it's time for this program. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti, who doesn't think there's anything wrong with pink and green. Really? Even it's, green shag and pink walls? Well, that's well, kind of crazy. I grew up with yellow shag carpets and orange walls. Mmm, okay mustard. <laughs> you know, what's old is new again. And pink and green... The only thing green, that was missing was hot dogs. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, it kind of makes me want a hot dog. I don't know. Am yeah. I crazy? <laughs> Well, let's talk about your stove, specifically... Speaking of hot dogs. Speaking of hot dogs, <laughs> let's talk about the filter in your stove vent hood. It needs regular attention. You know, cleaning a standard filter with a degreasing solution followed by warm, soapy water is a good idea. You can also take it out and put it on the top rack of your dishwasher. Now, if your unit uses an activated charcoal filter, you need to replace those on a regular basis. Those you can't put in the dishwasher because they'll disintegrate. And you'll have no <laughs> more charcoal left. But if you have the steel filters, uh, the sort of perforated metal filter, Throw it in your dishwasher. Run it through every once in a while. It'll work a lot better because that grease obstructs the air. And then what ends up happening is the air will actually go around that grease trap well, filter. Well, it could even it just, be a fire hazard. Yeah, exactly. And it won't even work that well. So make sure you keep it in tip-top shape. Doing a lot of cooking this time of year. If you did a lot of cooking, you had a lot of family over, let's clean that stove down and make it work. And by the way, speaking of cleaning stoves, it's okay now when the family is not showing up to run that self-cleaning cycle. But we never recommend that you run the self-cleaning cycle on your oven when you're preparing for a big meal because it puts the oven through lots and lots of stress. And if it's going to break, it'll happen then. So that's why you don't want to do it the afternoon you have to cook the big meal. Yeah, so the big meal stresses you out, it stresses the oven out. Chill yeah. out with it. Cook, cook it in a dirty oven. All that smoke will give it some additional <laughs> flavor, you know? People will recognize it's it as seasoned. you're cooking. one <laughs> Money Pit is the number. Leslie, who's next? Listening on Free FM, WJFK, we've got Grant from Maryland. How can we help you? Uh, I have an old house that has uh, three-quarter oak floors, the tongue, you know, built in 1940, tongue and grooved oak floors with linoleum, I'm sorry, the linoleum tiles on top of it. They've been there for 60 years, and I want to tile the floor, and, and I just want your advice on should I put a cement board down on top of that, or is that a stable enough structure for that? You want to, put, that, a, you want to put a ceramic tile over that? Correct. Okay. And, and the second part is I want to put ceramic tile on the walls, and it's the same kind of thing, the, uh, the plaster on the walls. And should I put a cement board down on top of the plaster, or is plaster stable enough where I could put the cement tile or the ceramic tile directly on the plaster walls? Well, Grant, before you go and put any tile up on anything, make sure you buy two completely different tiles for the floor and for the wall. Which Absolutely. You're gonna, okay, what you're going to put on the floor is going to have something that's got a slip resistance to it. So you're not putting down something that's got a very high sheen and very slippery. And then on the walls, you can put down whatever you want. But on the floor, make sure you've got a high slip resistance so you don't go slipping and sliding. Now, Grant, as far as the kind of floor that you put down, putting a cement board down on the floor is not going to change um, the factor that you need to consider, um, which is the stiffness of the floor. If your floor is, is, is not stiff enough, you may have to put down a mud floor or put down some woven wire mesh and have thin set apply, which will stiffen it up. Just putting the cement board down is not going to have enough stiffness to solve that problem. Because if you're dealing with a floor that's got a lot of movement, especially if you're using a large-ish tile floor, um, you know, maybe like 10 by 10 or larger, if there's a lot of movement underneath, number one, you're going to get the grout lines cracking. But if it's a large tile, you could get cracks straight across those tiles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I really don't think that there's any stability issue with it. Um, then I think you could probably just, the next question is what you're going to adhere it to. And you mentioned that there was linoleum down. You're probably going to have to put that down, down then some sort of a subfloor. It might be something as simple as a quarter inch of Luan plywood. 
so that you have a good surface, and then you could use a tile glue and attach it right to that. As long as you don't have any, any, um, as long as the floor is flat, so you don't have any any dips or anything like that, or or crowned areas where you're going to try to no, make this. No, it, it seems it's a well-built house, and and I, 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 from what I'm hearing from you, you don't think that the mortar that I'm going to use to adhere the tile will stick to the linoleum. It may not. I mean, you could check with your tile supplier to see if they have a glue that, that's rated to do that, but I, you may have to put down um, some sort of a subfloor over that in order to get proper adhesion. Winter ice forming on your roof, you know it's beautiful. Who doesn't love a gorgeous icicle? But it actually is pretty damaging to your home. We're going to tell you how to avoid serious problems right after this. Money pit. Is dryness a problem in your home? Especially in winter months, dry air can make skin itchy. Make your throat and nose dry. I can't talk! And don't forget about static shock. It also causes walls, hardwood floors, and home furnishings to become dry and cracked. Put an end to dry air problems with an April Air Automatic Humidifier, the best cure for indoor air dryness. Never too dry, never too moist. Just the optimum amount of humidity based on outdoor temperatures. Protect your health, your comfort, and your furnishings by putting an end to dry air with whole home humidification from April Air. Now, doesn't that feel better? <sighs> April Air. Fresh ideas for indoor air. Teen Volt Drill Driver. <laughs> Eight-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. So AARP has a series of tips for homeowners who want to improve their homes, make them safer and more comfortable. And I found these tips on their website, aarp.org slash universal home. In the bathroom alone, I widened the door, installed brighter light bulbs, and put non-slip surfacing on the floor tiles. Instead of wishing my house had improvements, I'm making them. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash universal home. If tools are the way to your honey's heart, the trend this holiday is space-saving and multifunctionality. Anyone who hates clutter will appreciate the Imix Multi-Tool. This bionic wrench features 34 full-size tools in a compact package. And the Portamate PM7000 Miter Saw Work Center takes multifunctionality to the next level. A quick-release feature allows for the interchangeability of all types of power tools. AOL Home Improvement Editor for Real Estate and co-host of The Money Pit, Tom Kreitler, says there are some great gifts out there for the Mr. or Ms. Fix-It in your life. Home improvement gifts are some of the season's most popular. And from the workshop to the kitchen, there's something for everyone on your list. Crankler says that kitchen cleanup might get easier this holiday season if you consider the new Insincorator Evolution XL Food Waste Disposer. It grinds the tough stuff but is quieter than other disposers. Visit MoneyPit.com for more. I'm John Dridden. Money Pit. 
This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to aprilair.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler, and I'm Leslie Segretti. So you love the snow. It's pretty. It's even pretty when it lands neatly on your roofs, and even <laughs> when it doesn't be... land on your sidewalk or your front steps. Better. Yeah, if it, we can only train <laughs> it, you know. Uh, and it's even pretty when you get these icicles that form sort of at the gutter edge. But heavy snowfalls followed by a warm day can often allow ice to dam up at the roof edge, where it blocks melting snow and causes some pretty serious leaks inside your house. What happens is the snow above your roof and the upper part of your roof will will melt first. And that water runs down and it strikes the edge of the roof that's sort of outside and overhanging. And that's where it sort of dams up. And that water will run back into your house. So to prevent this, two things. First of all, you ought to have ice and water shield installed under your roof shingles. Now, this is not the kind of thing that you do. Uh, as preventative maintenance if you already have a roof, but if you're ever replacing your roof, make absolutely sure that they install ice and water shield. The best product out there is made by Grace. Their website is graceathome.com. Yeah, and it doesn't add that much of an expense to the no, roofing it's project very, itself, exactly. but it it's, will save a ton of money on potential damage. It's basically a, a three-foot-wide sheet of like a rubberized mem- membrane that goes up in that area where the water leaks in, so it will, it will protect your roof and, and stop the leaks from coming through to your and house. And they're not just going to put it on themselves. you got to ask for it. Yeah, you got to do it. Uh, the other thing to look at is uh, your roof ventilation. If your roof is properly vented, if you have good soffit vents and ridge vents, uh, and the insulation is not stuffed into that soffit area, that roof will stay as cold or as warm as the rest of the roof, and therefore you won't get that damp. So there's two ways to address it, and it's an important thing to do. All right. Well, you like the tips you just heard? Maybe you want to find out some more tips. Well, go and visit our fantastic new and improved website, moneypit.com. There's a new tip on our website every day, and just about all of them are going to tell you how to save money. Who doesn't love that? And you can even sign up to have the tip of the day show up on your own homepage, for free. one money pit Call us right now. You could also win for free a 7.2-volt cordless drill from RYOBI. We've got one to give away. It's perfect for DIYers looking for a more comfortable and compact tool. It's worth 30 bucks, but it could be yours if you call us right now at one money pit Leslie, who's next? Going to talk electrics with Donald in Rhode Island. How can we help you? Yes, I, uh, I have a house that I was want to upgrade uh, the electrical. Uh, right now, it's on a fuse system. Okay. Now, think about uh, changing it to uh, circuit breakers. Okay. Every time I plug something into a, like a 220 into it, it usually blows a fuse. Okay. Well, there could be a good reason it's doing that. First of all, there's nothing wrong with fuses. They do their job, which is to protect the wire from overheating. If you have a 15-amp fuse and that, that fuse is burning out all the time, that means that it's doing its job and you're putting in, you're pulling more than the 15 amps. Uh, the one thing about fuses is they're very accurate in terms of when they blow. Um, a circuit breaker could pull 16, 17 amps before it pops. A fuse, if you go to 15.1, it, it generally goes right away. So one thing you pick up with circuit breakers is the convenience of not, not having to replace a fuse. However, that's not going to solve your problem of fuses that burn out all the time because breakers will pop all the time if you're pulling more power. When was your house uh, constructed? Uh, in the 50s. Okay, so you probably don't have that many circuits. Houses in the 50s, they did things like they had uh, one circuit for the whole kitchen with the refrigerator and the lights on it. So every time the refrigerator goes on, the lights dim. 
Um, they have the lights and the and the wall outlets on the same uh, circuit in the bedroom, so whenever you use the vacuum cleaner, it pops. Mm-hmm. So what you might find that uh, that you need to do here, Donald, is actually add some additional circuits. Now, it can all be done at the same time. And I'm certainly not trying to drive your costs, but I don't want you to think that just because you're replacing your circuit breaker, your fuse panel with a circuit breaker panel, that you're going to make it um, make that much of a dent. You really need to think about additional circuits. Oh, additional circuits, man. Uh, is that the, uh, pretty expensive or...? Well, it depends. You know, it really depends on on where those circuits are run, and and that's the kind of advice that you'd have to get from the electrician when he comes. But and it also matters what type of service the town that you live in have provided for your house. You know, is your house a hundred amperage or is it more, and what will the town allow you to have? And you might want to up. You might want to upgrade that. Is your house gas fired? Do you have natural gas? Uh, yes. Well, um, the probably the least that you could have is a hundred amps. And 100 to 150 amps, but still, remember the that's that's the amount of current that's available to the panel. That's not the amount of current that's available to each individual circuit. Um, what you have here is, I mean, you can have a big panel, but if you've only got two circuits going out of it, then you're still going to pop circuits all day long. You need a lot of circuits to divide up that power. I, I would consider which which circuits are blowing all the time, and I would look into those circuits and try to figure out why that's happening. Is it a specific activity that's happening? Or perhaps there is something wrong with the wires. I mean, you could have a wire that's overheating that's causing this issue. There could be some danger um, that's causing this. So you need to look into all those things. But I think besides the panel, you're going to need to run additional circuits. Listening in on WNEM in Michigan is Caressa. What's going on in your yard? Well, this summer we've had a lot of mushrooms as well as ground moles, and they just came up this year. We didn't have that problem two two years ago. So how do I get rid of those? Because two years ago it was a lot drier. <laughs> True. <laughs> we had a pretty wet year, so that's pretty common. Um, for the groundhogs, well, we like a product called Ramic Green. You basically break open the, the uh, sort of the top of the groundhog tunnel and drop a few pellets in there, and it is a... Uh, and then cover it back up and keep your kids and pets out of the yard for a few exactly. days. Exactly. It's poison, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill them. But the other thing that you could do is um, consider uh, grub control for your yard for next year, because if you eliminate the insects or at least reduce the insect population... And grubs are just the larvae of a variety of, like, beetles or something, right? Yeah. You're likely to get um, less moles and less groundhogs destroying the soil. Carissa, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Squeaky floors in West Virginia must be making Scott crazy. How can we help you fix this? Well, Tim, it's in my master bedroom. We just had the house built about two years ago, and uh, just, you walk across the floor, and it just uh, makes that screeching noise. <laughs> All right, what kind of uh, what kind of floor surface do you have? Is it carpet, hardwood, what? Carpet. Okay. Well, the hands-down best way to address this, Scott, is to pull the carpet up. Okay. Because if in underneath that carpet, you're going to find that your subfloor is nailed down, and generally, when you're, when you're nailing down a subfloor, they use a nail that's called a cooler. And it's like a seven-penny common nail. It's almost like a very thin nail. And it's called a cooler because it has glue that it's dipped in. And the, the idea is that when you, when you nail the floor down, the glue, because of the friction of driving the nail in, is supposed to melt and then set in place. And when it cools, it sets in place. That's why they call it a cooler. But the problem is that it, it doesn't always do that. And because the rosin is on those nails, as they get pulled in and out of the, of the joist below, they make an awful squeaking sound. I mean, think about when you put rosin on the bow for a musical instrument, you get good friction and, and beautiful sound. But when you put rosin on a nail and it rubs in and out of the wood, it, it really drives you nuts. <laughs> yeah, so what you need yeah. to do is kind of lock that. that. 
what you need to do is sort of lock that floor down. And I think, Leslie, screwing that floor down is probably the best option. Yeah, if you can get under that carpet, use a stud finder, find out where those floor joists are, use a chalk line, mark it out so you know exactly where it is, and then take a couple of wood screws and just put them every, you know, 12 inches, 16 inches, and get that subfloor secured to those joists. If for some reason you can't get that carpet up, you can just as easily locate those those floor joists with a deep scan stud finder, and then you can drive some nails through that carpet into that floor joist. And once you get it down through, pick up that carpet so that the head of the nail just sort of pops through. And it'll do the same, but by far the best answer is to pull that carpet up and get right to the subfloor itself. And Scott, finally, remember that just because the floor is squeaking doesn't mean it's a structural problem. It's pretty much cosmetic and just designed to annoy the heck out of you, which it sounds like it's doing. Yeah, it sounds like it's doing it, huh? <laughs> it's Scott, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. 1-888-MONEYPIT is the telephone number. MoneyPit.com is the website where you can shoot us an email 24-7-365. Up next, we're going to answer a question about redesigning a home to make it more user-friendly for a disabled listener. You live in a money pit. AARP is proud to sponsor the Money Pit. Visit www.aarp.org slash universal home to learn more about making your home more functional and comfortable for years to come. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, making good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Let's jump into the Money Pit email bag. All right, our first one up is from Ed and Josephine in Medina, Illinois, who writes, We need help with redesigning their our, we need help with redesigning our home to a zero threshold ADA compliant home. Architect fees have been from ten to thirty thousand dollars. Is there a general rule for fees? We want to design our two floor home into a modified ranch with a first floor master bedroom for our eight year old daughter Gina, who has a dis and I'm planning on my husband and I when we get older, and we love the show. Hmm. Uh, I'm a little confused. She has a two-floor home, but she wants to turn it into a ranch. How is she? Well, it's do a that? modified ranch, and I think they want to move a bedroom to the first floor so that okay. their daughter can have great accessibility to every room in the house, and then they can use it. You know, once she moves off to college. Well, um, I think your specific question is about architectural fees, and um, certainly if there's going to be a lot of uh, structural renovations that are being done here. Uh, well, because you might have to widen doorways. You might have to, you know, move something from a sunken living room up to meet the other floor. Yeah, there, there are, there's a couple of good reasons to use an architect. For, first of all, you're going to make sure that it's, that it's constructed accurately and the architects are smart enough especially those that specify that, that, that specialize in this area to know about the radius of turns and making sure that you know the house is going to really work properly and the proper ramps and that sort of thing. The second benefit of having the architect and I think this is a benefit that a lot of people don't realize Leslie is that part of the architect's job is actually to create the set of specifications that you will use to mm-hmm. bid this project. Well they're designing the whole project. Right, because very often if you skip the architectural step and you invite contractors in or even a design build firm, you know, they're basically going to give you what they want. They may not be able to give you exactly the best or the right thing for your house, but if you get a set of specs, you can go and bid, say, two or three or four different firms, and they're all bidding on the same set of plans. So you know it's all going to be, when it's done, it's going to look the way you want it to be done. Well, so, and another option I think for them is, you know, at the AARP website, which is AARP.org, they have a service where you can find contractors who've been educated in a course that they give to give them all of the resources to how to create an ADA compliant home. So that might be a good resource as well. But I say definitely go with an architect. You'll be much happier. 
Ed and Josephine, we hope that helps you out. If you have a question, you can always log on to our website at moneypit.com. Click on Ask Tom and Leslie. You can search all of the questions that we get. We answer lots of them every single week. Or you could shoot us your own question. We will get to it on the next edition of the program. We're here to help. Well, Leslie, you are the official Money Pit chef, and therefore I thought that this was a perfect topic for today's edition of Leslie's Last Word, seasoning slippery sidewalks. <laughs> I was afraid you were expert. gonna get all stuck on the S's. I'm like, there's oh, no, a lot I of S's. Seasoning, seasoning slippery. Seasoning slippery sidewalks, seasoning slippery sidewalks <laughs> with salt. Seasoning slippery sidewalks with salt. Can I use my favorite season salt? <laughs> you, can use, you can season your slippery sidewalks with seasoned salt. And it, but it will cause the ice. The ice. <laughs> it may not melt the ice. That's right. But um, the point is, the wrong type of salt could actually cause your concrete sidewalks to disintegrate. So, why don't you talk us to us about the right type of seasoning for the slippery sidewalks on your street? <laughs> All right, folks. Well, when you're buying salt for your sidewalks, and do it Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday <laughs> with seven silly swans, Susie. All right. Or Sunday. <laughs> when you're buying salt for your sidewalks, seriously, folks, always choose salt that's made from potassium chloride. Think about bananas because I always forget when I'm in the store and I end up calling Tom. I'm like, bananas? Potassium? <laughs> so remember potassium. This type of salt, it's going to melt the ice, but it's not going to damage concrete surfaces like the sodium chloride will. You're going to see pocking. You're going to see damage. You're going to see that concrete just disintegrate. Potassium chloride. Bananas. It's a really good idea to buy this potassium chloride well in advance of winter storms because it's very hard to find once that season does get into full swing. If you mix it with a little bit of playground sand and keep a supply stored near every entrance to your home, you're going to be so happy and your sidewalks will last you through another stormy winter. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for being a part of this hour. Coming up next week, did you ever think you'd have to clean your dishwasher with all that soap and water sloshing around? You would assume it's clean all the time? Well, it's not, and it may need to be sanitized. We're going to talk about that on the next edition of the program. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Hey, hey, hey.